0: It's a Bruins Thursday on a Wednesday, and Mike Milbury joins us right now on the Harbor One Hotline. Hey, Mike, happy Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, thanks. It feels more like uh, Christmas. It's so cold out there this morning.
0: You hanging around? Are you traveling? Or what's
1: the... Uh, I'm, I'm hanging around. I got my, my last two of my brood are uh, at BC. They came home for the break and uh, got a couple other kids and grandkids coming down, so it won't be as big as it normally is since we... Moved a little distance down here on the Cape, but we'll have a a good dozen or so people looking forward to it.
0: I'll keep with the theme uh, with regard to those that we have on the show. If you could only have one side dish on the table, what would it be?
1: Ooh, I mean, my wife makes a mean mac and cheese. And oh I'd have to mac and cheese.
0: <laughs> All right. My man. Yeah. No. I'm telling yeah. you, mac and cheese is more popular than the, more popular than you would have thought. Yeah, it is. it's
1: better than the turkey. There's no question. Yeah, Wiggy, I mean, it's just
0: Wiggy said the little kids was... love
1: it. They go for it. They just and you know, they run right to the mac and cheese. And especially, I like the little crispy part on top. Mm. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, Wiggy said turkey's overrated.
1: It is. It's greasy and it sort of gives like, you gas afterwards too.
2: I don't need to say anything else. As long as Milbury agrees with me, I'm good. I didn't want over the hockey world. I got the hockey guys on my side.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I saw you catching a touchdown pass yesterday from Brady on that special. It's kind of cool to watch you, Wiggy. You know, uh, you know
2: cool. what Brady do you think wouldn't of- be Brady if it wasn't for one uh,
0: Wiggy's ten catches in the snow. Uh, what do you think of that so far? Of the man in the
1: arena. I'd, I mean. He's pretty on. He's pretty straight up, isn't he? Yeah. I think he is. I mean, I don't think. I, I was curious to see if this was like self promotion or what it was, and some of the announcing parts are a little weird. I mean, looked like they could have done higher quality announcing, but I, I thought Brady when he comes on, he's like he, he sort of is what he is, isn't he? Do well, you get that?
0: Curtis's lead this morning uh, was that he was surprised by how glowingly Tom Brady speaks about Bill Belichick, as if the two of them. Have no issue whatsoever.
1: You know, uh, how could he not? I mean, how could they not speak that way about each other? Like for all the things that they've accomplished, whatever happened, I, and I don't care. But you know, time sort of heals all wounds, and this looks like he had a, you know, he had a he had time to do this and sit down and think about it. And it's, it's, I think it's fair. I think it's a fair documentary so far. It's what it looks like to me.
2: Yeah, just don't ask him nothing like where he has to come off the cuff because then he forgets who Bill Belichick is.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um, let me ask this question because, you know, with the Bruins, they lose a tough game to uh, Calgary the other night, give up some.
1: It wasn't a tough game to lose. They sucked. Uh, okay. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> their, their, their top line was trying to play like they were the Harlem Globetrotters, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. I think it's time to break it up. But anyway, sorry for no, 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 no. So, well, no
2: uh, I, I want to uh, hear that. Yeah, it because my, my question was going to be, with Cassidy, like, all of a sudden, all these changes, how do you feel about that?
1: You know what? It's, it's a reflection of, uh, of the state of the team. They're, they're, they're just not great right now. They, what they have to do is sort of feast on teams like Buffalo, get the, get the two points in the bank, and try to get back to, you know, finding their own identity, which is we're going to be stingy, not going to give up a lot of goals. Our top line is going to do some damage on the power play, and we're going to get some secondary scoring once in a while when we need it. But I think what you're really seeing is that this is not a team that's its not a contender right now. It's got to make some changes. But in the meantime, find out what you do best and do it well. But you can see that Cassidy is now sort of grasping for different combinations either on the blue line are up front to make it work for the for the short run, but they're going to need personnel changes, from my mind. Well,
0: when it comes to the blue line. He sounded somewhat uh, critical of Carlo yesterday when he spoke. I, it, I, you know, I he's not. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I think you and I, but he he's not the he, he doesn't seem to be the player that he was. I don't know if it's concussions or what it is.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is, but when you're that big and you you're not putting tons of points up on the board you better be a stout defender you better be able to just bang some bodies and make yourself known as a guy that's hard to play against he's just he's just there he's in the way he uses his reach a little bit but you got you got to show me more than that if you want to if you want to be a, an elite defender and right now he's just another another guy on the blue line and that's that's a disappointment for the Bruins.
0: Well, Cassidy was suggesting that it's uh, when he played with Chara that that that, uh, that he was good. Uh, do you think that's an issue for him? That the not having him. Well, in the, anybody in that, that plays
1: with Chara looks a little better, don't you think? I think he hall of fame defender. But um, the thing about playing with a guy like that is you have to find a mold your game around his or find a way to complement him. And, and Carlo was was. He was probably quiet with Char, but, but I, I see him as a guy that if he's not being physical and, and playing with an edge, he's missing the boat. And right now he's, he's late for that ferry.
3: Mike Cassidy was also pretty crit- critical about Grizzlick and uh, saying that putting him with McAvoy, he thinks that it could change things around for him. Do you agree with that?
1: Well, let me segue there, and we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. Isn't this now a trend? I mean, Cassidy critical of all players, mm-hmm. like he's he is. When you start to head down that path and constantly criticize, you're starting to separate yourself from your your players. You got to be in the same. You got to be on the same page, and that makes me a little bit nervous when it when it comes to Cassidy Grizzlick, I guess he's going to play with. Maybe play with Charlie McAvoy, and that's like playing with Char. You should be able to. You should be able to have your game in order when that happens. And Grizzlick's a good player. He's small. He's going to get banged around a little bit. He's got to use his speed and his smarts to stay out of trouble. Uh, but right now, he's the second best defenseman on their team.
0: When you say nervous, uh, you mean job on the line? He's criticizing the guys. No, team.
1: I don't think his job's on the line. I mean, he's he's been he's been. He's done a good job, and I think he's a good coach. But I, I think when you, when you realize, sometimes you realize your team is not quite as gifted as you want, and you're trying to find ways to motivate them, you might, you might go down the wrong road, and that's publicly, publicly scolding them. And that seems to me to be happening all the time, and especially with a group that may not be as talented as you want. It's dangerous because that, that strikes at their confidence.
2: Yeah, he criticizes all players not named Bergeron and Marcian. <laughs> but when you think of the first line, you, you may mention mention you're saying maybe breaking that line up and maybe so, And it's if you,
1: time. Huh? It's time. Well, like, uh, what would mean, you do listen, then? You can't, you, I don't know where they go with this, but mm-hmm. we, we've talked about this from the beginning of the year. They don't have a second-line center. They're going to have to find one. They're going to mm-hmm. have to try somebody else. Uh, I don't know if Stadnik is the answer to this or if they can – find somebody outside the organization, it's going to take a, you know, a good roll of the dice in a trade or um, you know, some, some miracle from, from Don Sweeney to get this back on track without a second-line center. Uh, and we're now seeing the, the impact of the Krejci departure. Uh, they're very, very vulnerable.
0: So what would you carry it out from Wiggy's perspective? Where would you put guys? Who would you move? Would you
2: put Pasta down in the second line? Marshan? Would you put Hall up there?
1: Uh, you know, for me, uh, I think Pasta's the easy guy. I mean, Bergeron and Marshan have been together so long and their chemistry seems to be in ta- intact. But Burt- Pasta could really, especially with Hall on the mm. other side, okay. and you still have that. You know, it's the donut line, the hole in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got to find somebody that can distribute the puck easily and, uh, and effectively even if he doesn't score a lot of goals. I don't have the answer to that.
2: I like that, though. Put put, uh, put Pasta down and have Hall and Pasta on the same line, and then maybe their two skill sets will make whoever the guy is playing center, maybe it'll just make him uh, rise his game a little bit, and you still have Moshin and Bergeron playing together.
1: Yeah, and I think there, there are other options to put up on that top line that, that could be effective, and, but, but y, you, you can see by we don't have the answer to who plays right wing when Postonard comes down, who plays center on the second line when you break up the line. It means personnel is an issue, hmm. and, uh, and that needs to be addressed, and that can only be addressed by the manager.
0: Hey, Mike, did they screw up big time in the goalie situation? We just saw Vladar shut them out. One of their prospects, and then they paid pretty good money for Olmark to come in here. Why didn't they just keep Vladar and Swayman?
1: Yeah, easy to say that now, right? And then there were some people in the organization that thought that they should have gone with Swayman and Vladar. It was the cheaper option, and Vladar and and Swayman in particular had had proven that they not proven had suggested that they were going to be able to handle the the load. Uh, but I understand what what Sweeney was doing. I mean. <laughs> If you don't have a good goalie, if you don't have a reliable goaltender, you, no matter what you do at all the other positions, it's, it's bound to fail. So Olmark had to be somebody that they targeted. Their scouts had seen play and thought, despite the fact that he didn't play a whole ton last year, had enough promise to be a number one goaltender. Right now, you're right. It's looking like it was a, not the right way to go, that, that Vladar and, and Swayman would have been a good option, and then you still have the, the Rask option come January or February in your holster. And, and right now, it's they're going to have to move Hallmark or, you know, ride with what they have for the rest of the year. But I think they've limited their options by that signing. And uh, you got to live with that. And Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes you pick a bad goalie. Mike,
0: a texter wants me to ask you if it's possible that the odds schedule for the Bruins has interfered when it comes to chemistry on this team.
1: Well... It's you know I, I heard that the Bruins were originally supposed to make an overseas trip during the start of the season, but with COVID and all that malarkey, they had to to uh, back out of that. And they would have had a couple of games on the schedule during this that long week of no games. But then once once they decided not to do that, they couldn't find they couldn't fill in this week because the buildings were occupied and it was a problem. But now the Bruins are strapped with with 29 games and 60 days to end the season in March and April. That's just that's criminal. I mean, that's just not right. It's not fair, but it is what it is, and they're going to have to use a, a bunch of guys from Providence and spread the load as much as they can in March and April just to be somewhat ready to play when the playoffs start, assuming that, that, that they get there. But it's, it's, a, it's a bad deal for the Bruins, and they shouldn't be happy about it.
3: Mike, we were all under the impression that Tuca only wanted to play here, but there's been a a hockey podcast recently that said that they thought it wasn't just Boston or bust for Tuca. Have you heard anything through the grapevine that he would be considering other places to play when he makes his return?
1: Did you, are you listening to other podcasts besides mine? Go no, ahead.
3: I just read other podcasts. I only listen <laughs> yeah, to yours. I just read. And, and did you see that I didn't actually plug? I didn't say the name of the podcast. Where to find the podcast?
1: <laughs> I, I don't. I haven't heard that he's looking at uh, any any place else. But why wouldn't you? Especially if you you know you read the tea leaves here. The team's not that good. It doesn't look like they're going to make a deep Stanley Cup run. I, I don't think. And he's not stupid either, so perhaps he he might like want to go to some team like who you name it, Carolina, Florida doesn't need a goaltender, but Edmonton somebody is... out there that looks like they're contending for a cup, and all of a sudden he can he can play for three months and then the playoffs, and maybe give himself a real good chance to to earn a ring. So I, I as much as he might like to come back, and his his roots are here. I, I would I would say if I were him, I wouldn't limit my options.
2: I read Edmonton, but. I mean, who knows?
1: Yeah. yeah, have you been to Edmonton? It's like just, uh, <laughs> Buffalo North.
2: They are pretty good, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are good. They, they are fun. They are so fun to watch. To watch McDavid, who lost his point streak last night—seventeen games—is that's a lot of points and a lot of games. With and Drysaitl, maybe he's just as good, if not better, than McDavid. It's a one-two combination. That's. That's incredible. They still have some holes in the backside, and you're right, it would be a good location for them because they could use a goaltender of Rask's abilities.
0: All right. Well, Courtney didn't do it, but you should plug the podcast before
1: you
3: got Mike. My- I, I was Sorry. not plugging. Mike Milbury's
1: somebody. Fight Club, we're on today. We've got Eddie Olchuk on, and uh, oh, wow. usually it pops up around 3 o'clock every day. And it's a quick 45 minutes or so, and we have fun with it. So give it a shot.
3: And that's the podcast I'll listen to, not just read the transcripts. <laughs>
1: All right, good. Thanks, Gordon. You're
0: welcome. Mike, have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, guys. See ya.
0: All right. Mike Milbury on the Harbor One Hotline. We'll be right back.